everyone. Hi, good evening. And welcome to another episode of Marriage Alive. Today, we are talking about sex. Uh, my name is Rosanna Cardenas. And I am Jesse Cardenas. And um, I am a clinical social worker and I've been practicing for over 10 years. I'm a firefighter by profession and I've been involved in psychological research for a number of years. Okay, and so today we have a couple questions um, that we want to speak about with regards to sex within the context of marriage. Yes. Okay. So let's get down into the questions. So the first question that I want to pitch to you um, that they gave us is how do you overcome the challenge of previous sexual relationships, including sexual abuse? Overcoming this challenge of a previous relationship. Um, first thing first, I believe that you have to be able to grieve the loss of that relationship. Take time to grieve. Um, it to me that doesn't look like um, bouncing from one person to the next. No, you have to acknowledge the fact that okay, this relationship happened for some time. It is now over, and you allow yourself to connect with that. All the emotions involved. You validate those emotions. You validate those feelings, and give yourself some time to go through the grief cycle, mm -hmm. right? So eventually you will get there, get to that place um, of accepting that that relationship is over. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do this alone. You can, the best thing, one of the best things to deal with loss is getting that assistance and help, comfort from close friends, families. If not, you can seek professional help as well. Yeah. Right. I actually would recommend professional help if you have experienced sexual abuse in particular, um, because I know in the context of what he is saying, it's sexual relationships where you will either romantically involved with the person or even if you had a relationship that was kind of like a friend with benefits. And now that you've entered into the marriage realm, things are different. Um, but for um, survivors of sexual abuse in particular, the challenges are a little different, and so we definitely recommend Jesus and therapy. Um, the combination yeah. is what I I have found to work best um, to help you deal with the trauma. Um, and a good trained counselor will be able to also look at some of the biological responses that occur during abuse, so that you don't enter into the marriage with those anxieties, but you're able to lay them at the cross of Jesus and you're able to move past it to a place where you and your spouse can merge in a healthy, godly way. And when we talk about um, overcoming our past sexual relationship, it don't necessarily have to mean um, someone that you was involved, like a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you break up, you know? It could even mean that you probably were married yeah. And now that your your spouse has died, yeah, you're married again, uh, or your um your your marriage had end in divorce, mm -hmm. and um you have now remarried, and you still have to deal with um that loss, yeah. right? So no matter how the loss has come about, mm -hmm. right, whether it be um from a breakup, 
whether it be from something traumatic like death or mm-hmm. whatever, you start to go through the grief process. And I also think it's good to note that um, sex with everyone is different. Everybody has their preferences. And if you have had an extensive sexual past, yes, there is redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, but we also want for you to enter into marriage with a kind of like a clean slate. So it's important not to make assumptions about your spouse. Ask the questions. We will stress over and over the importance of communicating your expectations, your desires, um, fantasies, things you'd like to try or things you're absolutely not even up for discussion. You need to communicate this to your partner Mm -hmm. and not keep those desires and wants quietly while you're pining away and unsatisfied. Yeah. Um, And... um... For the for the partner who um, might feel a bit insecure because um, his or her spouse has had um, someone before or, or several, several persons before, mm-hmm. um, that insecurity do step in. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a person like that, and you're feeling that insecure, you're you're not sure um, of yourself, mm-hmm. you're not sure of your relationship, you're not sure if you're pleasing your partner. Right, um, one of the worst things uh, you could do, right, is try to compare yourself to your partner's past. past right, one normalize your feelings. Normalize your feelings. Understand that these feelings are normal and reflect a prior to be the only one. Yeah. Right. To validate the pain. Right? Validate the pain. Right? Give yourself some compassion when the feelings arise. Three, don't turn your relationship into a trial. What do you mean by that? Right. So minimize interrogation. Uh, minimize the need for that constant reassurance. Mm-hmm from your partner that you're, that you're doing a good job. That, that you are the best. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Minimize that. All you're doing is bring, as we say, in Chile terms, you bring him back and out into mm-hmm. the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Right? And you might get an answer that you're looking for that you wouldn't like that will hurt you. Mm-hmm. Right? So, minimize the accusations. And at the same time, try to avoid from withdrawing from your partner. Right, um, you only make things worse. Just like I mentioned before, to be careful of making comparisons. Right, it is the same thing. You you only make the situation worse. You're adding unnecessary pressure onto yourself, onto your partner in the relationship. Yeah. You're just adding stress. And and we're not, we're not just talking mm-hmm. um theoretically, because eh? we've experienced this as well, even in our marriage where I have. Um, in the early days, felt insecure um, for a number of reasons. One, he's a red man, fireman, and you know the the taboo that comes with it. And again, communication was one of the things that helped us, and we discussed um, both of our sexual histories during the premarital counseling process. Um, Mm. But it wasn't like no detail or the gory stuff and those kind of things. But in marriage now, and one of the things that I had to do 
was to affirm to myself that at the end of the day, I am the one that he chose. I am the one that he said, hey, out of all the other women in the world, you are the only one I want. Yep. And just that thought alone, that just gets gets yep. my juices going. And, and, and that brings me to the next two points, right? Um, realize that there's a reason the past is in the past, mm-hmm. right? And focus on making the present better. Yeah. Right. So focus on building your relationship. Focus on building intimacy between the both of you. At the end of the day, what has gone is gone. And allow that sun to set and leave it there. And I think there's also, um, prayer has also helped me um, coming out of that in our marriage it highlighted my personal issues and my insecurities that have nothing to do with the relationship and i have been able to deal with some of these through both prayer and counseling so that's why i always have on jesus yeah. and therapy yeah. right in a situation like this you want to be careful of pride pride can step in and be a negative filter to the information mm-hmm. that is coming towards you from your partner right and um you don't want to take a happy relationship and turn into something ugly because of pride and insecurity. So you got to deal with that. If you know you're a prideful or a boastful person, that is something you have to deal with. Again, we emphasize seek the professional help if need be, right? And despite a person's past, whether it be promiscuous, a very promiscuous past, you may have had a homemongering past. You may have had a, a past full of revelry or what or what have you. Or abuse. Or abuse. Right? There is redemption in Christ. At the end of the day, um, scripture does remind us that in, in Christ, Christ there's yeah. no condemnation. Mm-hmm. And we are new creation. New creation. If all things have passed. Behold, I make all things new. Right. And, Go ahead. And this is why in Christ we can reconcile with the fact that the marriage bed. Oh, hallelujah. And I want to encourage you all really to don't knock the importance of including God in your bedroom. Um, When I mean that, um, like pray about your your sex life, the challenges that you face. And when we talk about these things, it's not talking um, just from an academic perspective, but having gone through the experiences ourselves. Um, As Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Jesse's a fireman and he's a red man. And me now having to deal with, in my mind, the rumors that would always come and the, the old talk about mm-hmm. um, red men, the old talk about firemen. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, played on my insecurities. And the insecurities came out of my past, uh, my childhood and my life experiences. And so, yes, prayer is one thing, but I was able to dig into these issues through professional counseling and help. So we always say Jesus and therapy. And even though I'm a therapist, I'm saying that therapy has been really helpful for me in improving my relationship with my husband and also my friends. Yeah. So um, in other words, don't be dumb on yourself because Mm -hmm. you and your partner wouldn't have virgins Mm -hmm. before you got married. We know that is the ideal that God would want for us to have, Mm -hmm. right? Scripture talks plainly about sexual sins. Mm-hmm. It talks plainly about fornication. Mm-hmm. It's clear. 
we don't deny it. But we live in a fallen world, mm -hmm. and when we say person's sexual past, we don't just mean persons who have had intercourse with other persons, but we also mean um, it could be someone who has a history of um, an addiction to pornography or other kinks. And I don't want to go into too much details about that, but we can be very creative. Um, I remember as a teenager, you would say you could do whatever you want with any other hole but the main hole. And so all of those um, things, that activities you may have done or engaged in, um, you'd want to discuss that with your spouse so that it wouldn't um, be a hamper to your current relationship with, yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah. And when communicating, it's not just about just, you know, we want to be um, truthful in such a way that we know it will come across as hurtful. Oh, yes. We need right? to be gracious. We need to be gracious. Yeah. Right? Um, gracious. Yeah. Right? Um, sometimes it can be the devil in the details. Sometimes, um, I remember early in, early in our courtship, my wife hit me a phrase, truth and grace, balancing truth and grace. Mm -hmm. Yes, be truthful, but be gracious in your delivery of the truth. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, the truth will always be offensive. Hmm. All right, so let's move on to the second question now. Um, what are some of the things um, a husband or wife can do as foreplay prior to getting in the bedroom? Enhancing foreplay? Yes, foreplay. Because right. I think we all have seen um, there have been a meme, some memes going around with the pictures of the husband saying that, you know, he's sending sexy pics to his wife to get her in the mood. And it's pictures of a clean kitchen, mm -hmm. uh, a, a living room that's put away, the children in bed already. So what are some of the things, is there any truth to that? And what are some of the things that um, a husband or wife can can do to kind of smooth the pathway to the bed? I believe one, educating yourself okay. is important. And because sex education goes a long way, right? And... Um, this means having a level of openness to learning mm -hmm. and willingness to exercise what you learn. And also means developing skills to communicate with your partner to find out what are the things that they like, what they don't like, things that they prefer. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, we like to see breaks and accelerants. So there are things that will accelerate the whole love making the whole sexual act but then there so you mean like that what is a green light yeah okay. yeah so it's like you machine gas yeah. you accelerate and you're going there mm -hmm. right you need to learn your partner you need to learn your partner because what might be your accelerant may not be her accelerant mm -hmm. and vice versa right so you have to learn your partner and, and as you said, I think one a part of learning your partner is learning your partner's love language. Yeah. Um, so if you're yeah. not familiar with that, you can always check out, um, just Google it, um, the five love languages quiz. And they have a lot of resources and information in terms of how you can 
connect with your partner based on what their love language mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And not only learn your partner, but also learn yourself. Uh. Right? Um, learn the things that what switches you off. Your, that would be your breaks. What are the things that will turn you off? What are the things that will turn your partner off? Yeah. Right? So, so learn these things. Sorry, go ahead. What? Oh, I was going to say, so it's it's more than when we talk about probably, um, often we think of, you know, the kisses and the touches and the massages and all these things. And yes, that is part of it. We want to endorse all of that. Because if you go through the whole book of Song of Solomon, there's a lot of metaphorical imagery which alludes to touching and kissing and caressing and um you can read it right yeah. um but we're saying that in addition to the obvious um foreplay stuff the whole idea is to create closeness to create intimacy and to reduce the breaks reduce the things that will cause an um, increasing anxiety so for me as a wife one of my major breaks is knowing that our daughter is next door right um so for us in order for me to feel comfortable to really release myself in sexual pleasure mm -hmm. um i have to know either she's asleep or she's by her grandmother something like that you know yeah, yeah. um an accelerant you can use uh how to put it i was looking at a TV show at time. Mm -hmm. um, and it was one of those um judge, judge courtroom mm -hmm. shows. Mm -hmm. right. I think it was Judge Lynn it was. Okay. And she was advising a young man as to how to have foreplay with his wife because he did not like the whole idea of having to come home after a long day of work and then try to get his wife in the mood to then have sex okay and she told him something there's something called foreplay all day so a simple thing as sending a nice little sexy text you know a picture mm -hmm. you know that communication throughout the day things that you know would light her up and lift her spirit make her feel sexy okay yes build you her know? confidence yes and her desire yeah so by the time you get home you're She's ready to She's jump ready. on you, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's a nice little tip there, you know? Yeah. I, and I, I, I found it helpful. And yeah. you know, one of the challenges that I think in um, for the average young Christian woman, I'm thinking in particular of those who are like me who have grown up in church, um, sometimes it's difficult for couples to make that mental switch um, when you get into marriage because for the majority of your life you've been hearing do not awake love until it's time um the, we've been pushing the purity message so much and yes there is value in that um but one of the, the, the things is that when persons get married it's not like an automatic switch mm -hmm. would happen that yeah. all of a sudden you become this yeah. vixen with all the tricks and the tips yeah. when for how many years of your life you've been training yourself to to keep it on the download keep everything yeah um and so you have to be patient with yourself um be encouraged that sex gets better with time yeah. and i'm sharing this not just from my experience because we've only been married for about two and some years but i'm sharing also based on the wonderful advice i've gotten from the older woman in my church yes. and the older, even my my parents right 
And and as you think the Bible does see, I think it's in Timothy, mm-hmm. says for the older woman to teach the younger women to love their husbands. Yeah. So I want to send a shout out. I remember the week before our wedding, I was speaking mm-hmm. at our youth camp and one of the intercessors from our church, she said, I heard you're getting married and I want you to know as Christian women, we have to be the best. So all positions, all over the house, get the whipped cream, whatever you want, you know? And at first, it was a bit jarring for me because you're seeing this intercessor woman that would be praying and, you know, speaking in tongues, laying oil and interceding on our behalf. And now, because you're getting married, the gears kind of shift. And so I think um, there is room for if you are getting ready to be married, for you to be open to being mentored by other um, couples who you think, okay, I could do it a marriage like that. Yeah, yeah. So again, the need for um, sexual education. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't, I, I believe that a couple should not wait until they get married to be educated. Okay. Right? That education can start from before. Um, the church could find creative ways to, to bring that education. And I know right. different churches have different approaches yeah. to that. So yeah. um, expand your community of believers and yeah. you see what you can do. Right. Um, uh, getting information, a, a, a book I would recommend, because a book I'm reading right now um, by Tim and Beverly LaHaye, um, The Act of Marriage. Right. They have a whole chapter, chapter six, called The Art of Love Making. Right. Um, if you can get your hands on that book, there are other books out there that you can get your hands on. I would recommend that you get literature from persons who um, have experience in the counseling or therapeutic session um, setting dealing with sex and marriage. I think right? The Great Love Rescue is another um, book yeah. that you can also yeah. check out. But one thing I've learned in all the readings I would have done um certain things keep coming up over and over and is that we have to develop certain personal skills such as self-control patience willingness to learn and using our senses Mm -hmm. yes using our senses how to use your body how to um come to terms with your body understanding the anatomy of yourself and your partner yeah and for me, that's where Holy Spirit comes in. Eh? I mean, like it's, it is a new practice for for us in our marriage. Um, but I definitely can say that I have seen the the improvement in yeah. the way we connect with each other because um, we recently started praying about our sex life more intentionally. And for me, the same way that I connect with the Holy Spirit when we're, when I'm leading worship to know what song should come next or even when I'm praying to know what I should be praying for, what I should addressing. I connect with Holy Spirit even when um, being intimate with my husband so that because I can't read his mind, I don't know what he wants me to do. I mean, like he can say that, but sometimes it's not every time you want to hear all the talking and all them things. Sometimes you just want a little silence. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where Holy Spirit comes in because he could read his mind and he could talk to me. So the great mediator. And at the end of the day, um, it's about giving glory to God, even through our sexual connection. Yeah. Yeah. And 
foreplay have some benefits. There are some benefits to foreplay. It enhances the entire sexual experience, right? Um, sex becomes more pleasurable. It, 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 it gets your, guys, it gets your woman ready. Yes. All lubricated and ready for penetration. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, it assists it assists in getting and maintaining erection. Mm-hmm. Right? Um even if you if your partner have an orgasm before penetration, it makes the experience even a, a lot more better. Yes. Right, a lot more satisfying. And on, on right? that note, I want to remind us that um it take it often takes a woman longer to reach the point of climax than a man. So, um, if the average woman takes about thirteen to twenty minutes to reach her um, sexual peak, it would be a good idea for. And what did they say was the average length of time that persons engage in intercourse or penetration for? Well, the the, the literature have varying um, varying thoughts where that is concerned, okay. but. We will get to some of that information a little later. Probably in an, another in a little later. Right. So, right. But my, my point is that if um, if you start engaging in foreplay before, it means that for the woman, her sexual journey to orgasm has already begun. And even though you there has not been any penetration. And so it can cut down on the time of... Um, the penetration time so that all of the the words the touches and those kind of things can help build so that when you do actually get together um she can reach the end of the of the journey the, reach the destination so it's yes it's about enjoying the journey but we also love to reach the destination and the destination of an orgasm for the woman is not a myth i just want to say that there yeah. um, it is real us women, us women folk, we do get orgasms and it is enjoyable. I think it is a spiritual experience. I would also like to think, I have no backing or proof of this. I would also like to think that it is a glimpse of heaven. It is that awesome, right? So, fellas, if you can um, do what you have to do to help your wife get to there, yay. Yeah. On behalf of all the wives. Yeah. So, very quickly... We still include more foreplay, play a game with each other. Um, I would mention a little dirty talk with your partner, get close, you know, do things together, uh, dancing, um, you know, show ways that you're always thinking of each other. Um, visit the store and buy a nice little oil, a little massage oil, a little, Lunchery you know, or something. something nice, something appealing, something, um, you know, that, that will turn you on or turn and turn your partner or build on. her confidence yeah. build his confidence yeah even. yeah so regular touching i mean the power of touch and the, mm-hmm. the, the potential of a seven second kiss you know um the gutman institute always promotes that every day couples should kiss for at least at least seven seconds because a seven second kiss is a kiss with potential yeah yeah mm-hmm. so um the question was about is there a particular length of time? Morality. We need to have that discussion, especially with couples. You they come from different backgrounds, um, different um, 
upbringing, even though it might be in the same religion, mm-hmm. it might be of a different denomination. Yeah, um, so certain ideas may vary, and we believe that couples should have that communication upfront, that conversation. Um, the pra- the the things that they were taught were healthy practices or unhealthy practices. The things that they were taught were accepted by God or not accepted by God. Um, so having that conversation on on um, each other's moral compass um, is very, very important. Also, um, sometimes two individuals will come from varying um, beliefs where family structure is concerned, where, you know, certain um, norms or certain standards that each family will have when it comes to sex. So, having, again, having that conversation Yeah, because some, in, in yeah. some families, they don't even talk about sex at all. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a taboo subject. Mm-hmm. And so that would make, I can imagine that would make for some couples even talking about sex to be very difficult. Right. And um, how to put it? I've heard of uh, couples talk about um, their beliefs where they think that there's only probably one position that is acceptable unto God, mm-hmm. and that was the belief that they had and passed on onto their children. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also other acts that may be involved in the marriage bed. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, oral sex. There are those who believe um, that is not of God, mm-hmm. right? So each in the, each couple, the individuals in a relationship will have to sit down and have that discussion. They'll have to discuss what they are comfortable with, what they are not comfortable with, mm-hmm. um, what do they believe will shake or question their moral view. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, for Rosie and I, uh, we believe that Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 was clear that the marriage bed is undefiled, mm-hmm. but homongers and adulterers, God will judge. So that is our position and our moral compass in our bedroom stems from there. Um, marriage bed being undefiled. Um, yeah, and well, I I think it's clear. So, it, but the thing is that for just as he was saying, for each couple, that may it may vary what you're comfortable with trying, doing. And so you definitely need to communicate that because the Bible says that um, the two become one and you don't want for there to be division in this area. And ultimately, the whole idea behind sexual intercourse is to build intimacy and ultimately to glorify God. Now, I know that's a strange concept for some persons. But ultimately, everything that we say and do should be to the honor and glory of God. And so you don't want to introduce anything into your marriage that will affect God getting the glory or would affect the connection, the oneness between the two of you. Okay? So let So um, the question was asked about... Is there a particular length the of time? Length of time. That sex should be had, and how often? That's the question. Um, right. Yeah. Um. This will come down to what what works between you and your partner. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. 
frequency amount of time that you will have sex with your partner as regular as possible as regular as possible some experts will say no less than three to four times a week um others will say try for every day um we know sometimes the realities of life yeah because i'm wondering not if, these if things do happen, these people have children right? um but don't panic if you're not having sex every day mm-hmm. don't panic right um there's also the concern for um a low sex marriage um what is considered a low sex marriage or a sexless marriage so literature tells us um as a low sex marriage would be a marriage that where there's sex for about 10 or less than up up 10 or less than times per year year. Mm -hmm. right that's what is what's considered a low sex or minimal sex marriage so if you're having sex for more than 10 times a year with your spouse yeah you're up up, you're not in a sexless marriage well again it coming back to what works for you and your partner because um this is where understanding each other is important Mm -hmm. because you might have sex once a month or twice a month and for the sake of your relationship that might not be enough Mm -hmm. right but because your partner may have a higher sex drive exactly one might have a higher sex drive than the other this is where communication and understanding learning your partner comes into play right but generally speaking minimal sex marriage is considered um less than 10 10 and less times a year year. right um a sexless a sexless marriage would be a marriage where it where sex is minimal or there has not been any sexual encounter um or penetration for a year and more right and Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. I just said Jesus take the wheel. That's all. Right. So, and there are reasons why there are various reasons why um this may happen, right? Why there may be a yeah, sexless really, you marriage could have or a, minimal a, sex. You could have a long distance um mm-hmm. marriage. Say one person is studying abroad, and you um so you're not there together. Um, there could be issues of illness. There could be issues of disabilities um one partner could be into quality over quantity another one mm-hmm. um so there could be an, a number of reasons um if you're trying to get pregnant um different doctors remedy may say don't have sex for a while build up and then others might say have sex regularly so there's a lot of reasons, reasons why, that, why yeah. persons um there could also be health challenges, health challenges hormonal challenges stress grief yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. Stress, grief, um, these things do affect the sex drive of an individual. It do affect sex in marriage. Um, there might be issues within the relationship itself, intimacy issues. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be issues pertaining to faithfulness. Okay. Right. All that could contribute to a sexless marriage. Right. Um, communication struggles. Right. Mental health issues, anxiety. Trauma, 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 trauma. And so if you are in a sexless marriage or Mm -hmm. in a low sex marriage, I 
Jesse said, don't panic. Mm. Help is available. Mm. Um, I would recommend, as we've been saying throughout, Jesus and therapy. Because we know that, yes, therapy, because there are some biological issues that you may need help, you may need medication, some persons may need surgery even. Um, but there are some mental challenges, communication, relational challenges, and it could be a lack of education. And you yeah. can also get um, information yeah. and assistance yeah. uh, because it, you really should not assume that everybody knows eh? because not everybody um, has access to information like we think. And so communicate, talk to God. Talk to a therapist. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to assess your relationship, or assess yourself to determine if um, you fall into that category of a sexless marriage, I mean, we give the figures that a lot of professionals use, mm-hmm. right? So you could look at that. Um, or you could also look at factors like if you can't remember the last time um, you and your partner enjoyed sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um if sexual intimacy is the last thing you want to think about, or your heart hurts when considering the state of the sexual intimacy with your partner, mm-hmm. um, or if there's a, if you're hesitant or there's avoidance of initiating physical touch um, because you fear you might fear rejection or or you might have um, fear that it could lead to unwanted sex, mm-hmm. right? Um, or you feel a total disconnect from your partner. I would have mentioned before that um, literature would have shown some varying um, re- results where that is concerned, right? Um, first thing, first you need to understand, each partner has to, this is why we emphasize so much on communication between partners, because we have to, Partners should be able to sit down and decide what do they define sex as. Is it just the penetration or is it... Does it include the, the foreplay? The full act itself. Mm-hmm. The foreplay and right? after play as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that could affect you, um, anyone's interpretation of as the to of, what like the length of duration okay. would be. So, because if we're talking just penetration alone, that's a very limited definition as to what sex is. And okay. if you're going with that, research have shown that the average time is just like five to seven minutes, minutes that when a man would ejaculate okay. in penetrative sex, a woman, the average time would be about 15 to minutes, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. right? So, how do we counteract that difference in time? Where penetrative sex, where penetrative sex is control. This is why I mentioned earlier on the importance of learning self-control. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Not allowing yourself to guys, not allowing yourself to reach the point where you seek your fulfillment alone. So question. I know in some movies, mm-hmm. like guys would say they think of dead puppies as a way to kind of control themselves. Is that um what what you mean by self-control? Like to mentally shift while you're in there to prevent yourself from ejaculating if i think of dead puppies while having sex that would be a major breaks for me a break okay that's not that okay that is me i can't speak for another guy right but proven ways deep breathing 
deep breathing um kegel exercises okay right guys um simple that muscle that we engage when we try to hold our pee while using the washroom mm-hmm. right practice engaging that muscle strengthening strengthen that muscle that same for women as well yeah tense and relax tense yeah. and relax that will help in um helping you from just reaching over that edge right um some experts even say try switching positions right okay. mm-hmm. uh so again learning learning um mm-hmm. different techniques and strictly okay right so again this is where the sex education is concerned is very important and what can be more helpful than quality for play the before penetration yeah right and even if guys even if you do ejaculate before your wife has an orgasm doesn't mean that you could just roll over and see what it's over card lock there no you continue stimulating her until she reaches her destination yeah right? i mean the, as i said the journey is enjoyable yeah, enjoy the journey but we the, yeah. for some persons at least the whole point of the journey is to reach the destination yeah we we we, we, we love the destination of course the destination is is where everybody wants to be okay but enjoy the, the journey. entire journey enjoy it right um so the next question is uh which i asked uh, sorry I, I just wanted to make this this important point where duration of a sexual session is concerned clinicians will say anything under three minutes warrants concern okay anything under three minutes warrants concern seek professional help right seek professional help and this is where we can get into issues of impotency erectile dysfunction and so forth right so what can you do in a situation where your spouse is sexually impotent now just to be clear even though when we talk about impotent yes i will start off talking from on the male side but the ladies are are not free from sexual dysfunction as well right and um how to put it you want to be able to develop your relationship your intimacy levels your communication levels to a point where if any partner is plagued by such an issue there can be open communication about it so what you're trying to uh, trying to do is avoid the blame game right uh, one of the things that we do as human beings is form attributions to an event right Explain. Uh, now attributions tend to be giving reasons as to why something happened right and a lot of the time attributions tend, tends to be self-serving because we all look for ways to protect our self-esteem we all look for ways to protect your, our hearts you look for ways to protect that, that pride mm-hmm. right so attributions tend to be self-serving 
and it could easily lead to the blame game. So a guy might be suffering with impotency or erectile dysfunction and he might pass the blame on to his wife. I'm not saying like she's not attractive, attractive enough, enough or, or she's not stimulating him enough, okay. you know? And it may have some validity, but at the end of the day, you want to be able to accept responsibility to treat with the problem, to deal with the problem, to discover what is your root cause and treat the problem. Okay. Likewise, um, a wife might have an have a issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I think is when I was as I was talking about anxiety, um, that plays a big part in women's sex and sexuality. So there are different um, conditions with regards to women, um, well, the female version of impotence, so like vaginismus. Um, that for some women is the constant contraction of the vaginal canal, which makes it almost impossible for penetration. And there have been studies that link um, very high levels of anxiety. It could be trauma that you experience in your past that um, there's a book that says the body holds the score where the author is implying that the, some of the emotional trauma that you have experienced affects your body on a cellular level. And so your body automatically goes into fight, flight response, um, which can impact on a person's ability to relax. And the body then will not, um, those functions are like sex, sexuality and for lubrication, those are secondary functions compared to sending the blood to the heart. So in a woman especially, again, therapy can um, play a big part. There's also medication available depending on the nature of the problem. And in some cases, they may require surgery. Right? Yeah, yeah. So again, you don't want to make false attributions. Right. You want to be able to have a have an open communication in your relationship. That both of you are willing to seek the professional help and sit down and find what is the root cause of the problem and then try to mitigate for that. Yeah, and like right. my massage therapist, Sister Kathy always says, remember Jesus is your healer. I strongly believe in God's ability to heal persons. Mm-hmm. And I know we used to joke about it as um, young adults when we, in camps especially, we'd always sing that song, Rise and be healed in the name of Jesus. So get your anointing oil and anoint your husband and pray and ask for God to heal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, the husbands can do the same for, for their wives, right? So according to Tim and Bebelehi, Right, um, causes of male impotence, uh, loss of vital energy. If you don't know what that energy that is lose, lost over time due to aging. Okay. Right. Um, just like an athlete, um, uh, a professional athlete will come out in his early twenties or late teens, and then by the time that professional athlete will cross his thirty. They're already the looking at start mm-hmm. and they're looking at retirement, right? So there's that loss of vital energy. Um, anger could be another cause. Oh, you want to anger. Um, fear, fear of rejection, 
fear that um, he will not be able to satisfy his wife, fear of being compared to other men. Remember, we talk about comparison earlier on. Fear that he will lose his erection and fear of not being able to ejaculate. Ridicule, hmm. another reason, right? So, and women, remember, our words have power, eh? So, build up your man, yeah. encourage him. And, and the, the thing is, we often think that men accept compliments very easily. But in the same way that women may have insecurities, some men have insecurities. And so, it is often helpful if not just during your foreplay, because we advocate for foreplay all day, um, you build up your man. You, you tell him, you know, you can't wait till um, you reach home or whatever. I'm trying to keep it as PG as possible, but you know, you, you build him up, tell him what you like about his body, tell him what um, how you feel when he's around. Um, you could describe, do like in Song of Solomon, get your adjectives out and say your head is like uh, a watermelon that I just can't wait to taste, you know, or um, I think um, Solomon compared his bride, the Shulamite woman, to a palm tree. And he said that, you know, her breasts are like clusters of, of fruit and he wants to climb the palm tree and taste of the fruit. So if you are more um, not as creative in the poetry and all those things, you can always just go to the Bible as well and boost the self-esteem of the man to help counter some of the fears and the anxieties that yeah. can lead to yeah. impotence. Yeah. And, and guilt. Guilt is, um, so let, let go of your past. Right? Let go of your past. Guilt. Um, unreasonable expectations. Um, obesity is another cause of male impotence. Poor physical fitness. Um, heavy smoking. Mm -hmm. Mental pressure. Depression, drugs and alcohol, um, premature ejaculation and retarded ejaculation. These things could lead to male impotence. But there are ways to overcome impotency. And is this where the punches come in? Like you know, they say drink some um is what I say Edward's punch and banana green fig and thing. Is there validity to that? Good nutrition all wrong will help. Okay. okay, good nutrition all around will help, but it's not the only um the only way to overcome impotency. If you recognize from the causes we'd have outlined, a lot of them have to deal with the mental and emotional state of the of the man. Mm -hmm. Right? So dealing with those issues will help the man have to put in the work to deal with those issues. A lot of men don't like to confront with that. Um, what we call softer side of life, but they are not as soft as we think. They are very hard things to deal with, right? Um, learning to adjust, to have that mental adjustment is not as soft or easy as we think it is. Okay. It is probably one of the hardest things for a lot of men to do out here, right? So we have to deal with that. Um, the open communication with your spouse, the wife can help you. I would have mentioned a whole lot of things before, and the wife could see you know, how to build up her man and so forth. But being supportive with him and 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 not um shaming him in a sense, yeah, you know, for it. But being that support, that help, and being understanding, 
finding creative ways to have sex while you go through this, right? Um, I could, how to put it, in sports, sometimes uh, an athlete will go through a funk. Okay. Right? And some, and they will have to work through that funk in order to gain back some form. In order for them to play as productive as how they used to play. So you, you have, to have to work through that period, right? So some helpful tips on overcoming impotency. Check on your physical fitness. Check on your physical health, diet, exercise. So, guys, this is where I'm challenging you to do some homework. Go up online and look for foods that will promote a healthy sex life, that will promote boosting testosterone, yeah. right? And you can plan your diet around that. Right? Go up online and research those exercises that will promote um, growth hormones to be produced, will promote boost in testosterone. I will give you two squats and deadlifts. They are always part of my weekly routine, if not almost every day. Right? Uh, check your mental and emotional well being, manage stress, work out and let go of whatever emotional issues from the past that affects you. And that's where God comes in again in terms of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Now, I know for some persons, um, you may have, you may be of a different faith, but um, scientists have also found that forgiveness is important, um, even in terms of persons' cancer treatments. And a lot of the physical illnesses that persons experience some of it can be seen a reduction in symptoms when persons forgive and let go of either traumatic incidents that may have occurred in the past, people who have hurt them, etc. And even in your own marriage, um, a part of being married to someone is about and building intimacy is about being vulnerable. And so being vulnerable to your person, to your spouse, means that you open yourself up to possible hurts. It's, it's just part of the package. Jesse's not perfect. There's going to be days when he may say the wrong thing and hurt my feelings. And now it's it's up to me to either hold it in my heart against him, which will ultimately affect our sex life, or I can let it go, drop it at the feet of Jesus and decide to kill my petty gland, which can be strong, you know, kill my petty gland and communicate to him like an adult and say in a kind gracious way tell them the truth this is how i felt this is how what you said how it came across yeah. and and yeah. that way when it's time for for sex i don't i don't have this thing in the back of my head and he's completely clueless because i said nothing you know i yeah. just pull away silent treatment kind of thing yeah so that, that next point in overcoming impotency work with your spouse don't play the playing game i've mm -hmm. said that before be supportive of each other, right? If a man is impotent or is probably having a bout of impotency, the wife can be affected emotionally and mentally too. And also understand that there are times bedroom malfunctions will happen. So don't panic. Don't panic. And when I say bedroom malfunction, um, it could be anything. It could be anything from anything. Right. And I think um, that's what, uh, 
well, at least yeah. for us, that's where humor comes in, and humor and play is a critical part of relationships. Yeah. And so, you know, if you take things to heart, let's say the bed break, you know, I don't know what she's doing, but let's say the bed break, or, you know, a light bulb blow, something, some strange things happens. Um, don't take it personally, like if it is your fault that this happened, you know, just laugh it off and get back in the saddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes guys, we know how um, being a little too anxious can work against us, right? So malfunctions do happen. Just take it for what it is and press on, continue, work at it, right? Um, don't rush love making no need to rush it learn self-control especially especially if you're dealing with premature ejaculation if that is your problem learn self-control again the kegels the kegels with me help right um seek out sexual education seek out sexual education and seek professional help. A medical doctor, a therapist, a counselor, a coach, a fitness coach, a sex coach, seek out a relationship coach, seek out the professional help, right? And don't wait for malfunctions to happen or for um, impotency to happen um, to use these tips. Use them before. Use them as mitigating measures. Use them as preventative measures. Use them before. Don't wait for something to happen to know what to do to take this advice or to use any of these measures. No. Um, the final question 